Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, if you can believe it. I've eaten several, and it is true. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Now to keep up with the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, I'd encourage you to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, Carrier Pigeon. Every episode will be automatically updated to your feed where you can download, listen, And if you have a moment, please rate and review the podcast. That would be very much appreciated. On today's show, I am joined by Spencer Facetta. He is a hockey statistician slash analyst, co-host of the uh, Bruins Pride Diehards podcast, along with friend of the show, Sarah Griffin. And we had a great chat about, yeah, how Spencer got into hockey his experiences in hockey culture, finding his own way in the sport, and uh, about women's hockey, Boston's optimal lineup, and a bunch of other things. So it was a great chat, and and I'm really uh, thankful that Spencer was able to jump on. Before we get to that, some news as it pertains to next season. The NHL and the PA announced the postponement of the 2020 international games. Uh, That means that the Bruins and Predators game that was scheduled for uh, the fall at the O2 Arena in Prague has obviously been postponed. They were set to open next regular season against the Predators in Prague. Uh, they were going to report to Mannheim, Germany, play an exhibition game against Adler Mannheim at the SAP Arena. The Predators were going to report to Bern, Switzerland to play an exhibition game against their team, and then they were going to meet in Prague to begin the regular season. That has been uh, postponed for the time being, obviously because of COVID-19 and, uh, you know, general uncertainty as to when sports is going to happen, international travel, all those kinds of things. Uh, I have been to both Prague and Bern in the past. I I didn't get to the O2 Arena, but Prague is one of my favorite cities that I've had the opportunity to visit. Bern was very nice as well, although we didn't really spend too much time there as we stayed there one night but went to Interlaken in Switzerland for the day. Uh, But Prague, we were able to stay there for a couple nights, and it's uh, a beautiful city, and I wish I could have spent more time there, and it would be a dream to go over there and watch Uh, the Bruins play or the world championship, something like that. So for the time being, that has been uh, postponed. Uh, You'll hear in our chat as well, uh, my chat with Spencer that we mentioned the Brendan Leipzig situation with the Washington Capitals. Uh, They have terminated his contract after the misogynistic and just downright ugly uh, language was revealed in a group chat this past week. Uh, Good on the Capitals for taking that step. Uh, I wonder what would have happened if he was a more prominent player, but you know this was an easy no-brainer call for them. And uh, just to add some context to that part of the chat with Spencer, uh, it is a great chat. And without further ado, let's uh, jump to that right now. Here's my chat with Spencer Facetta. All right, so let's uh, let's start with how how you got into 
becoming a hockey fan in the first place and the covering hockey and specifically uh, a Boston hockey fan. So I grew up playing hockey, uh, started when I was two, uh, played all the way through high school, um, played here juniors, decided college wasn't really going to work um, just based on where my skill level was and what the cost benefit was of me continuing to play juniors. Um, so I went to school instead. Right. Um, but, you know, growing up in New England, um, it, all we had was the Bruins growing up. So Nesson, I distinctly remember watching the 2011 uh, Cup final, um, staying up and watching those late night games, um, watching the 2013 final. Um, you know, I got to college and I have always been a math guy. So I decided I wanted to try and mix hockey and math to stay involved in the sport. Uh, so I mixed, uh, calling some games while I was at school with doing research and, uh, tracking and and working with analytics. Uh, and I'd had the bright idea of, hey, let's record some of these and put them on YouTube. So I did. And then that transitioned into let's react to Bruins games when I can. And that happened off and on uh, for the last two years. And then after graduation, um, I had to put a kibosh on that just for professional reasons. Um, I started working with another team. So I had to not show that thoroughly bias um but in between i i kind of wrote for a couple sites um worked on my analytic stuff i started my senior year uh we had to write a thesis and we had to do a full semester internship in order to graduate so i built my own internship with the uh, women's hockey team up at the university of new hampshire um and I did video tracking, um, manual tracking data uh, analysis. I was comp- I compiled um, weekly reports for the players and the coaches and, and did feedback on that. Um, and I continued that through the season and then did it again this year. Um, after I graduated while I was working part-time, um, just so I could continue to get that, that experience. Um, and that led to more... Uh, coverage through their team and enjoying my time there um, and looking to continue to work with them Um, in some capacity. I started working with and writing about the pride and all that. Um, But yeah, it's hockey's been a massive part of my life uh, since I can remember my sister plays, she plays in college now. Um, I, can't imagine doing anything else with my life other than working in or around the sport. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a great sport and it's quite a, quite a bit of work that you've, you've already done there. It's, it's really impressive. Um, So where, where does your main uh, passion for the sport lie now? Is it with the Bruins? Is it more with women's hockey or, or college hockey? Where, where do you kind of focus on the most of your attention these days? Um, it's a little of both. Um, I keep a lot of my analytics and data work, um, focused towards the women's game because I think it's a little underserved 
I don't think it is. It's extremely underserved. Um, But I I still, I'm watching, I watch all the Bruins games I possibly can. Um, I follow the NHL as close as I possibly can. Um, I'm always engaging on Bruins Twitter. Um, I'm sure many of your listeners have, have either seen or interacted with me. Um, I, try to be a little more objective um now it's hard to watch hockey once you've really started to dive deep into the analysis side without kind of analyzing everything that you're watching um so i'm very easily frustrated by uh some of the decision making that i see some of the the lineup choices that i see but more often than not uh, i'm i'm able to kind of put that aside and and enjoy uh, the controlled chaos. Um, I will be more than happy to put, put, put the team on blast if, if I feel the need, um, you know, but it's, it's weird. You know, it's fandoms weird once you start working in the sport, um, because you have to take the view of, okay, I really enjoy watching this team and I have a deep emotional and personal connection here, but at the same time, what is this doing to my, the future, the future of my career? What, what is it that um, I can do that still shows that I support them? And I, I have that emotional and personal connection, but I, I don't, I'm not focused directly on them. You know, it's, it's finding that balance. Right. Hey, friends, allow me to talk to you for a moment here about Built Bar. I received a box of Built Bars on my doorstep a couple weeks ago, and I have been delighted to open up that box and give these tasty, healthy bars a try. Uh, they are delicious. They taste like a candy bar. They come in 16 amazing flavors, and they're also extremely healthy for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. The people at Built Bar are so great and uh, I am happy and proud to be able to help get the word out about how tasty and good for you these Built Bars are. If you want to try it for yourself, go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Put together your first box. Enjoy the taste and health benefits of Bill Bar, you will not regret it. Yeah, it's the, you know, it, it all kind of goes back to that, that 2011 final. I think I started really heavily focusing on the Bruins when I was eight or nine. So a couple years before that, um, I still remember when the Nesson uh, e-bug was yellow. Um, I my first couple seasons, it was that. And then they went <laughs> yeah. to the silver and it's, it's weird. I have a technical brain. So I, I tend to earmark a lot of things by, by, you know, the visual cues, the tech cues or what's, what's going on. Um, I still remember versus uh, those were the days. Um, but I'm encouraged by where, where the sport's oh, yeah. going and where the team's <laughs> going. Um, there's a lot less of the, uh, beat them up style as I would put it. I, I like the flow. Um, right. I think that's initially why I was attracted to, to women's hockey. Cause there's not as much of a focus on 
the physicality and beating people up. Um, and you know, my sister playing and seeing a lot of the, the inequities, um, that are inherent there growing up. Um, it, it, it really got to me. Um, and I'll be honest, I didn't always have the best experience in the locker room. Um, growing up, I was, I was not a hockey guy to a lot of people. Um, I have a very diverse uh, set of interests. I'm very upfront about that. Uh, I played lacrosse, but I was also in involved in musical theater. And uh, I ran my school's theater tech department my senior year. Um, I danced for eight years um, through middle and high school. And to a lot of people, it's difficult to mix those worlds conceptually. Um, but I always found that I had a lot more difficulty with my hockey friends, getting them to uh, accept or acknowledge my other interests. Um, and oftentimes I felt uncomfortable um, either talking about it or, you know, uh, being around the the level of ignorance um, that I was seeing. So I think taking a step back and out of the locker room really helped change my perspective on the sport. Um, it's why I, I very often speak out uh, when I see things that I don't think are right. Um, I'll push back on people. Uh, I really am disgusted by the, the recent stuff that's come up the last couple of days um, with Brendan Leipzig and, and Jack Rodewall. Um, Right, and yeah, that kind of ask you about that. yeah, that kind of stuff. It it really, really bothers me when that happens because um, I know there are more people like me out there in the sport that are aware and are trying to make a difference and make a change, um, and don't think like that. But there's still a pervasive amount of that going on in hockey culture, and it's it's difficult to reconcile a lot of times. Um, and that's not to say that the women's game doesn't have some yeah. of that. Um, there's definitely some conversations I heard on the bus the last two years that made me you stop and go, Did, are you really talking about this right now? This is the best place for this. Um, but it's, I don't think it's to the extreme sometimes that we see in men's. Um, but there's still plenty of uh, racial and, and socioeconomic um, boundaries that are, are there uh and anything that i can do to to help kind of break those down uh i i'm more than willing to to jump in and 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 say something and do something because if i don't then i'm complicit and i can't justify that self that with myself so um it it's that's kind of where my fandom is at this point mostly because I, i'm I enjoy the sport. I love the flow and the speed and the technicality and um, the way I, I love analyzing how people think when they're on the ice, but I can't always reconcile that with some of the cultural choices made by fans and by players and teams. Um, and it, 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 at that point, you, you kind of look for, for other ways to get involved. So I like my spreadsheets. 
you know, my spreadsheets don't have a bias. Um, it, the only bias they really have is, is how I'm interpreting them, but numbers are numbers, you know, you, it's just how you, you decide to present them. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm working, um, right now on a at developing an expected goals model for, um, for women's hockey, because oh, cool. that's really the next thing that they don't have. You know, it's, it's, seeing the stuff that I was collecting the last few years with UNH, I'd say 85% of it isn't available in the public sphere. Um, and if it is, it's wildly unreliable um, based on collection practices that I've seen. Um, you, you know, there's so few people doing anything about it. And if I'm going to get a job in the industry, why not look for something that is looking to grow and is going to grow mm, and sure. try to get in on the ground floor, you know? Yeah, definitely. That's very cool. That's really, uh, yeah, really interesting to see kind of your, your background and what um, direction the game has taken you. And yeah, I mean, when it, when it comes to hockey culture and the things that have come up this past week, it's, it's obviously very disheartening. And I know that, it's um there's there's people who will say you know it's it's an isolated incident it's not reflective of hockey culture as a whole and then it's when something comes up um you know it it kind of reminds us of kind of the ills of hockey culture and um how we can try to fight back against those and, and find our own places within the game as well. And it's really cool to, to, to hear more of your story and, and how you've been able to do that as well. And um, yeah, talk a bit about more about um, your relationship with, with the pride and kind of what, for those who are more kind of Bruins oriented, what are they missing out by not investing more time in, in getting into the pride and the, and the, women's hockey in general? Uh, well, the Boston had the two best hockey teams in North America this year. Um, both teams right. at the end of the break were number one in the league. The pride went 23 and one this year. Um, they, yeah. yeah, they had a ridiculous goal differentials, like plus 60 or something. Um, they had a, they won their first 19 games and then, the one game they lost, they lost by a single goal. Um, it was, and it was a hard fought game. Um, and just because they ran roughshod over the league doesn't mean that it's not overall competitive either. Um, you know, they right. play out of warrior, the, the Bruins practice facility. Um, their offices are down there. Um, the Bruins have some sort of marketing relationship with them. Um, hopefully we can get that ramped up um this coming year uh they're also they were purchased this past year so they were uh they're privately owned it's one of two franchises uh in the 16 league that has private ownership which is huge um i'm a big proponent of that i think that's how we grow the sport is we get private ownership involved not necessarily nhl ownership involved um, I love the the idea of a marketing relationship. Right. I don't necessarily love a business relationship 
uh, between the two. Um, I think that the NHL has enough problems running its own league uh, that my concern would be that it would become more of an afterthought. It would be the first thing that they, they kind of let go. Um, but as much as they're promoting the league and promoting women's hockey, I love to see that um, they can always do more um, and they probably should be doing more, but that's, that's a whole other can of worms, but um, right. yeah. So I started writing around the new year for uh, Bruins diehards uh, as a pride uh, correspondent specifically. Yeah. Um, I went down and I did uh, the all-star game, which was fantastic. Um, it was down at warrior. Uh, got to meet some of the players. Um, I know some of the players in the league, uh, through UNH, um, and my relationship there. So that's been a huge bonus for me to be able to, to, to leverage. But, um, we just started, uh, a podcast, uh, pride diehards that is affiliated with the team and the league. Um, so we'll have, uh, players, coaches, uh, GMs on talk about what's going on in the league, around the league. Uh, we had our first episode drop this week, uh, and we had the GM of the Pride, Carolyn Pilch, on to talk about their re-signings and uh, the draft that happened last week, which was fantastic. Um, they made a huge trade uh, to trade up with the new expansion team in Toronto and take and get the first overall pick. Um second time in, in franchise history, they had the first pick and they took uh, Sammy Davis out of Boston university uh, and they've already signed her for this year, which is fantastic. Um, yeah. I said to, I said to Carolyn, I don't know how the rich get richer, but I think you just did um, with this draft class. Uh, they, yeah, took, uh, they took six players, all of which I think are, are impact players. Um, you know, they've already re-signed some of their really key players uh, McKenna Brand was was uh, second in the league in score in goals this year. Had a breakout year. Uh, Jillian Dempsey was the co MVP of the league, led the league in scoring. She's the all time leading scorer in league history. Um, she needs two more points to hit 100 in her career, which is huge. Um, they resigned Kaylee Fracken, who like Dempsey has been in the league since the beginning. Uh, she's the reigning defender of the year. They had the goaltender of the year, Luvisa Solander, this year. Um, Paul Mara, many Bruins fans will remember his, his stint with the Bees. Uh, he's been their head coach for the past two years. Yep. He and Carolyn both signed multi-year extensions this year, which is important not just for the continuity, but it's the first time that anyone in the league, player or management, has received a multi-year contract. Um and that shows a lot of the the growth and and the um, faith that the league has in in its expansion. Um, players are still on one year deals, um, and the salary caps at 150k. So minimum salaries around uh, seven uh, 7500. Um, it it kind of gives or takes. Salaries aren't all uh, made public. Um, it's the player's choice whether to make that public or not, um, which I get. Uh, and okay. the league is is in a really good spot the last couple of years, but it did start out with some rough times. They slashed salaries in year two without really talking to the players about it. They weren't overly transparent with 
some of their finances and where that was coming from at the start. Uh, and that rubs some, some of the uh, ladies the wrong way. And that's kind of where you get the PWHPA coming into things and why there's a split. Um, it's a lot of national team players that ha- are really spearheading the, the um, PWHPA um, North American national team players. So team Canada, team USA, um, right. you're seeing a lot of, of transfer between the two with the, I don't want to call them mid-tier players because they're all very good to be playing at this level, but um, non-national team members, you'll see a lot more transfer between the two groups. Um, and I admire what, what that group's doing as well. You know, they're, they believe that they're, they need to, to get salaries to a level of wage, and I don't blame them because they should be. Um, it's not where the sport is right now. And I've already made my feelings clear about the NHL getting involved and the the way the rift has been handled. Um, I won't bore your your listeners with that. I have a piece on on uh, BruinsDieHards.com that goes into detail about where I'm at with things. Um, but I think that the league is in a good place. I think that the pride, you know, they're selling out a lot of their games. Let's get that to 100%. Let's let's get to the point where uh, they're worried about violating fire codes for having too many people in the building, because it's really entertaining hockey. Um, all their games were streamed on Twitch this year, so um, they have two channels on Twitch. Uh, every game that was played this year is currently saved on those channels. So I encourage oh, cool. people that haven't seen a game go and and watch one, go and and see the skill. Um, and talent that's there because it's, it's really, really impressive and it's really good hockey. And it's frustrating to see the kind of dismissal that some people give it, but seeing the draft this year, they had uh, guest commissioners announce all the picks, record videos for it. Um, John Bouchergross announced the, the first overall pick with the pride. Uh, Stephanie McMahon announced a pick. Uh, Cam Atkinson and Ryan McDonough announced picks. Uh, Megan Chica announced a pick. Um, you know, you had some really big names. Steve Dangle announced a pick. Um, you're starting to see some of the bigger names uh, put their faith in the league and, and that give it some visibility. And that's what we need. We just need visibility at this point. Right. And we need eyes and ears. And people willing to to take a leap of faith, you know, you want to watch really good hockey. You have a lot of options in the Boston area, so sure. let's make the Pride one of the premier ones. And I think they are very cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's really great, and I'm sure that will hopefully, you know, whenever hockey comes back, people will um, devote more time to to the women's game and to the Pride specifically. It's it's obviously well worth um checking out and uh yeah i've been myself getting more and more into it and it's really been uh been yeah really fun to to just get some more hockey hockey in my life and uh and to see that that game develop as well um just to pivot back to the bruins a little bit you mentioned earlier kind of one of your favorite things to do is kind of uh you know look at optimal uh, lineup situations and decision-making like that. 
Do you think before the pause, the Bruins had their optimal lineup in terms of uh, forward line combinations? Or do you think that um, there was a couple of tweaks that, that head coach Bruce Cassidy could have made to, uh, you know, help people find kind of their ideal place in the lineup? Uh, I think it was pretty good. Um, I'll put it out right now, and I've made this feeling pretty public. I did not like the Danton Heine trade. Um, right. <laughs> I, I I was a really big uh, fan of, of what Heinen brought to the table in terms of um, pushing the play and um, transition game. Nick Ritchie's not terrible at it, but his the negative value he brings with his penalty issues yeah far outweighs any value in my opinion that you think you would have gained with that um so i think that that kind of that bugs me a little bit but he should be fine in the third line role um he was up on the second line for a bit there but and yeah i don't think that was going to last too long but no i think i think his place is on a third line with coil uh and and bjork um Because Coyle and Bjork really seem to to develop a lot of chemistry, and they really complement each other. Um, I, I know that some people are going to hate it, but I really like Carson Kuhlman on that second line with Krejci and DeBrusque. Let mm. the let the top line just run roughshod over teams, um, because it's rare to have that kind of dominance um, out of the line. And the results that Kuhlman, DeBrusque, Krejci have had over two years, it's a small sample. Um, so it's not great. Uh, I don't have a great amount of faith in it, but I do have faith in the fact that they've been excellent play drivers as a line. They've been uh, creating a lot of offensive chances. And I think a lot of that has to do with the speed, uh, the double barrel speed that Kuhlman and DeBrusque give Krejci. I think it spreads the uh, the offensive zone a little bit more. Um, Krejci's not fleet of foot and he never has been. But I think that, pushing the D back with DeBrusque and Kuhlman, who both are willing and able to uh, chase pucks and, and go in the gritty areas and, and beat in the corners, uh, and they can win those foot uh, races, that gives Krejci the room to, to really operate and distribute. Um, and he's been shooting a little bit more, which is positive. I think uh, the fourth line... I think Corrali is an elite fourth liner. I think he would be a, a serviceable third liner, to be honest. Um, I like what Wagner brings. Uh, Nordstrom and Lindholm, you can kind of just do whatever with, rotate them. They're not really bringing a lot offensively, and they're just kind of average defensively. So you're not getting hurt by them on the ice, but they're not really doing anything for you. Um, and it's hard because he was hurt, but I liked Clifton in the lineup and I like mm, Lozon okay. in the lineup. And I don't, I don't love the idea of John Moore in the lineup. And I, right. John Moore is another one that I've had a, a, a lot of, of public conversations about. I, I didn't like the contract when they signed it. Um, he's not good in his own end at all. Yeah. And he's not, generating enough offensively to justify keeping him in there. I don't think he and Grizzlick work together either. Cause I think that um, 
Gorzlek is best when he has someone that is able to uh, cover him defensively a little bit, but can push a little bit offensively. So I think, honestly, Lozon uh, Grizzlick might be the pairing and then Clifton's the seven um, in that case because Lozon brings some defensive ability to the table. He's big and he's physical. Um, Grizz is not going to put up the off the startling offensive numbers that people are going to want out of him, but he's quietly one of the better shutdown defenders in the league and better transition players. Um, he thinks the game at a really high level, and he's excellent with his stick. Um, but because he's small, everyone thinks he's Tory Krug 2.0. Um, right. So I think you're looking at probably Chara, McAvoy, Krug, Carlo, because those two complement each other about as, as well as you possibly could hope for. And then, yeah. you know, Lozon and, and Grizz um, on the third pair. And then Char is probably never going to retire, but once he does, you can move a, a Clifton into the lineup. Um, and I, if that happens, I kind of like the idea of, of a Grizzlick McAvoy pairing. Cause I think they work well together as well. Now you mentioned, uh, you like Kuhlman on the second line. Where, where do you think Andre Kasha is going to fit in there? I, I honestly forgot about Kasha, uh, <laughs> mostly because he know, played he like two games, games which yeah. is frustrating because I loved that pickup yeah. and I thought Kasha, I think Kasha is one of the better underrated players in the league um if he can stay healthy uh i i see if he f- he can fit on that second line and place a coolman and move coolman down to the fourth with with corrali and and um wagner yeah. or um nice. you put him on the third line and you move uh richie down to the fourth line and let him bang and crash yeah um uh, but i i don't think he's gonna go on that that uh fourth line he doesn't fit that style if they really wanted to get crazy um they could drop Pasternak to the to the Krejci line and put Kasha with Bergeron and Marshawn and I think he compliment them well but I I, I'm hesitant to disrupt that line because of how productive it is and it can it can kind of mask some of the problems that you might have um in the the bottom three lines if you're struggling or if they're inconsistent that line is going to produce but if i'm gonna put someone there that hasn't been on that line it's going to be kasha because he can he can um generate play he's another one that's excellent in transition um he's not he doesn't have the speed of coolman and i definitely don't want him going in the corners with his concussion history right but i think that he and krejci could develop something as well so you, you have a couple of options in the middle six there to kind of play around with things. But I think, um, you know, your 13th and 14th forwards are going to end up being Nordstrom and, and Lindholm out of the lineup on a consistent basis. Um, I'm right. sure that Coleman will come out and they'll put one of them in for, I don't know, veteran reasons. I, I've never understood that, you know, the NHL's willingness to play uh, mediocre to bad players on a fourth line that – because you know what you're going to get instead of, you know, trying something different for a change and trying to get something better out of it. Um, But I I would be interested to see what, what Bruce would do with, with the lineup when, when they come back. Um, It it, it should be interesting. 
I, I liked the Kasha ad, especially because it got rid of the back as most of the back as contract, and he didn't really give anything else up of consequence. I mean, the first round pick, yeah, but if it goes according to plan, that's going to be almost a second round pick. And once you get yeah. to the draft, it's just a number; it's not necessarily a round. So, you know, I, I'm confident in their ability to find find some people later in the draft. Um, I know the athletic had a piece a couple weeks ago or uh, either the athletic or the, um, or Sportsnet had one that went over uh, teams ability to find people in the middle rounds. And they said the Bruins didn't have a a great ability to, and I had to disagree with that. Yeah. A lot. Especially recently for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they have a tendency to take longer term projects in the middle of the draft, which is I'm sure why recency bias would say, oh no, they don't have, they haven't had a lot of luck recently in middle rounds because they haven't had anyone really step up. But, you know, Heinen was a fourth round pick. Yeah. York was a fifth round pick. Grizzlick was a third. Um, you can push it back to Marshawn Bergeron, Krejci being second and third round picks, but that's that's further out than, than you'd think. Yeah. Uh, you know, Krug is undrafted. Um, Clifton was a fifth round pick from Arizona that was unsigned and they signed. Um, Lozon was a second, uh, JFK is a second and who knows what his deal is with, with the organization at this point. Stanika is a second round pick and he looks close, uh, really close to being ready. Um, so Carlos, yeah, Carlo, I don't know how Carlo made it out of the first round to be perfectly honest in his draft year. Um, granted that was the stupidly deep 2015 class, uh, right. but still like, there's no way he, he should have made it out of the first round. Um, it, it's, they have an ability to, to find players later in drafts that I'm confident in enough to say, okay, give your first round pickup this year to, to move the back contract and to get a player that if healthy is a top 15 winger in the league sure why not especially one that's under team control for another year and a half at least like that's uh sweeney is impressed has impressed me with his uh trading ability and the team's ability to find unsigned uh undrafted free agents uh what i'm not fond of is his work on july 1st and if he could just you know hide his phone away on that day that would be fantastic but yeah for sure other than that uh, I'm, I'm impressed and I'm interested to see where they go. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, just as we begin to wrap up a little bit here, I know there's not really any hockey going on. Where, what are you doing to, to keep busy these days? Is there anything that you're watching or reading or going back to watch old games? How are you filling the, the hockey void? Um, right now, you know, the, the NWHL draft was last week. So I've been doing some wrap up on that. Um, we're going to record episode two of pride diehards, um, this coming week. Um, okay. and we'll, I have some, some stuff in the works for, for that. I've been working on a database, um, a woman's hockey database for, for my, uh, research. Um, I've been going to the, uh, the hockey analytics night in Canada, uh, chats that have been oh, happening right, every yeah. Saturday night, um, with, with Megan Chica and, um, Allison. Um, from the athletic and and that's been fantastic um i'm doing iso hack uh tomorrow which is Alyssa longmire's um analytics conference that she put together 
Um, that's going to be fantastic. I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm taking a class in math and sports uh, to fill some of the time just because I needed something productive to do with my life. Um, you know, it's hard being a year out of college and not having a full-time job. Um, right. So, you know, watching TV when I can. Um, I'm a big superhero guy, big superhero nerd. Um, so I'm watching a lot of, of DC stuff and, and reading comics when I can. And, um, you know, trying to keep up on a lot of podcasts. I think I have about uh, 10 to 12 podcasts I listen to on a weekly basis, this being one of them. So, um, oh. yeah, getting to getting to um, to hang out and, and be on it is, is surreal um, to me. And being asked to do the, the Pride uh, diehards podcast is surreal to me like i legitimately asked them why are you putting me on on, on uh a recording like w- what possessed you to think this was this was your best idea um uh, I, i'm grateful and, and honored and and everything but it, it's yeah, it's cool. it's crazy to me um so i'm trying to keep busy and i've been uh you know helping my sister um, as she winds down the year doing college um, over Zoom, which is a trip, uh, and doing a lot of yard work. But, you know, it's survival. There's four of us in the house now. So it's what can I do that's not going to bother other people and uh, still be helpful and productive? Right. Well, man, it's uh, it's clear that you have a great a hockey mind, and people should certainly be keeping up with with your stuff and and your work. Where can people find uh, you on social media? Where can people find your your writing and, and the podcast as well? So uh, the podcast should be up on iTunes by the time um, uh, episode two comes out uh, under Pride Diehards. Um, the SoundCloud it's on SoundCloud right now. Um, we're okay. working to get it onto Spotify and to, to iTunes. Um, they, I will retweet it, um, after we get done here so that it's, it's, um, it's there up closer to the top of my, uh, my timeline. Um, my yep. Twitter is, uh, at puck nerd hockey, all one word. Um, I, I if for some reason you're going to follow me, it, enjoy. Cause it's, it's a weird time. I'll, I'll be tweeting about hockey and then weirdly I'll pivot to live tweeting during one of my shows that I'm very sure is meant for, I don't know, like a teenage girl demographic. Uh, but it, I enjoy it. So you're stuck on the ride with me. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, everybody's all over the place these days. Anyway. Yeah. So um, you can find me there uh, writing at, at Bruins diehards. Um, I have my latest piece is oh, winners and losers um from the the draft uh and the week that was um well actually my latest piece is announcing the Dempsey re-signing but the actual last actual think piece and, and analysis I did was was that and then I did a, a full draft recap that I encourage people to to check out um I used uh Nyan Patel's uh player cards that he made um and those are great and I kind of went through all 30 picks and and analyzed what what was going on um, and what each player kind of looks like. Um, I will have a piece, uh, hopefully soon, um, looking at some undrafted free agents in the NWHL that, that, um, might be of, of note, um, and to keep an eye on, 
as we go through what is technically the offseason, even though they still have the Isabel Cup final to play between mm-hmm. uh, the Minnesota right. Whitecaps and the Pride uh, whenever we are able to to play that. Who knows at this point? Yeah. Um, and I'll be previewing over the summer um, future draft classes as well. Uh, that's partially why I'm building the database is to be able to pro uh, to make some draft rankings and and profile some some players and um, hopefully lots more signings. I expect plenty of more signings um, to come out of the Pride, and I'll be on top of that. Um, Pride Diehards also has its own Twitter account, so I encourage people to follow that. That's where um, all our, our articles will get tweeted out from uh, myself and Carolyn Mooney. And uh, Sarah Griffin, who's my co-host of the podcast, um, and the um, the show will get tweeted out from there. Uh, yeah, I'm I, I I'm pretty active right now on social media because there's not a whole heck of a lot else to do. So yeah, um, totally. I encourage people to come come on over to the dark side and and, and enjoy life with me because it's it gets boring sometimes. You know, you got to talk yeah. to people. I totally, I totally relate to that. And yeah, I just want to thank you so much for, for taking some time to chat today and uh, definitely hit you up again once hockey is back to, to get your thoughts on play resuming and where both Boston teams stand, uh, especially, yeah, when, when that championship game is played as well. It'd be cool to have a, a preview of that. So yeah, thanks so much again. And, and uh, I'll definitely at you with uh, an invite to, to come back on soon because this was, uh, this was really great. I appreciate it. I, I, I love um, getting a talk shop. Um, it's, it's limited right now. Cause I'm fairly certain half the time my family doesn't know what the heck I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so it, it's fun to talk shop with people that, that understand hockey and, and get it at kind of conceptual level. Um, and, you know, uh, maybe down the road we'll we'll find a way to get you on our our show as well. Get some cross show promotion going on because yeah, that'd um, be great. At, at this at this point, you know, what the heck else do we have to do? So let's <laughs> let's let's try to help 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 each other out. That's what we got to do in in the in the podcast family. For sure. All right. Well, yeah. Thanks so much again, and take care, and we'll talk again soon for sure. Sounds good. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Spencer. Yeah. Have a good rest of the day. You as well.